Yes, welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Gage Clark. essay called The Priest and the Scientist, and I felt like sharing it early with all of you. So I'm going to just read it out how I have it written so far. The Priest and the Scientist both share inheritance of knowledge. What they believe has been handed down to them by those who came before them. The ordinary individual isn't separate from the schizophrenic in the way of delusions through any enhanced capacity to understand their world or form beliefs. Ordinary people are not born with some heightened sense of reality, but instead they have a heightened propensity to accept the reality that is fed to them by the wise. In this case, the wise are the people who have learned from their own lives and inherited the knowledge passed down through the generations in their own cultures. The ordinary person does not lack bad ideas or an enhanced propensity or does also does not have an enhanced propensity to find truths. They merely do not have many beliefs that pit them in contradiction to the culture around them. When delusions are shared, like in the case of religions, other believers will not accuse you of being wrong. The bad ideas of the ordinary individual are plenty. In fact, I would argue that even most science-interested individuals are holding beliefs about their scientific world that contradicts reality. They simply consume knowledge from scientists as if they were priests of scientism. The bad ideas of the ordinary individual are at their peak when they attempt to understand each other. This becomes increasingly problematic as you expand outward to systems of others like politics, society, and humanity. We have no sense that our ideas are bad when everyone around us is synchronized to those ideas. It is because the ideas are not challenged. It is because humans have very little capacity to determine good ideas at all. If humans had the capacity for good ideas as some kind of inherited anti-schizophrenic mechanism, then the scientific process would seem unnecessary. Scientists of the past have realized the incredible, terrible capacity humans have for good ideas and created a systematic approach that fights against our very nature. The memes of science have helped us overcome the failures of our intellectual genes. 
Of course, these memes eventually arose from our genes. They are inescapably intertwined, potentially even faded. Hypothesis after hypothesis, the scientist is proven delusional and humbled by the observations of their own insanity being revealed to them by the universe acting within its own incomprehensible rules. The religious and the scientist both share... Uh, wait. The religious and the scientist both consume the knowledge of other people. This is despite that both worldviews appear to clash and contradict each other, yet neither of these worldviews fits within the DSM concept of delusion. To be clear, in this essay, I refer to delusion as false beliefs quite generally, regardless of their popularity, whereas the DSM sort of factors in the popularity of an idea or whether or not it's been culturally transmitted. If the schizophrenic is not different in their capacity for bad ideas, then what might be different? To be fair, there likely is varying capacities for insight into the reality into reality through observation and consumption of knowledge via the wise. Though the wise feed us delusions of their own, which install into the cultural fabric, sometimes for eons. The great human incapacity for truth enables such. The schizophrenic may differ in their tendency to consume the knowledge of the wise or to think of their own ideas. Consider that even the great scientists are shown deluded by their failed hypotheses. They even approach their intellectual interests in the form of hypothesizing, which is a skill they have learned from the wise. For most, or maybe even all scientists, the tendency to hypothesize rather than to assume a truth is likely not based on a gene. Again, there are likely genes that do modify such a tendency, although it seems more expected, at least in my own hypothesis, that Reality teaches you to be humble by the rate of our errors, and that wise people teach us ancient, well-worked-on knowledge and critical thinking strategies. I suspect that neither the schizophrenic nor the ordinary individual is granted with a genetic capacity to already own such critical thinking strategies. Otherwise, perhaps we could observe critical thinking in an in infant's So, at this point, that is most of what I've written. Uh, the next thing I'm considering going into is the effects of social desynchrony and symptom manifestation. So essentially, what happens if you are not synchronized to the culture and uh, the knowledge frameworks? Uh, we can see what happens if we look at even uh, political wars and uh, conflicts uh, within, let's say, the United States with the left and the right, uh, we see that the effects of this are drastic, yet that is a particular case of loads of people 
having support on their own side, on both sides, really. It is a essentially like the clash between scientists and priests. So I think that the effects that we would observe in an individual who goes against nearly everyone around them, I think will be more problematic. And I also think this is only one uh, type of thing that we might label schizophrenic. Um, I think there are different particular types of delusions that uh, can kind of manifest from disruptions in our access to our own memories and beliefs that guide how we assess the world around us. I think if you disable critical memories, like let's say how gravity works, you might form a belief that uh, doesn't factor gravity in. Like say you could just jump off a building and you won't go fall. I think such delusions are quite unlikely and unrealistic, although I'm sure that happens in very rare cases. But uh, as for sudden onset of delusional-like ideas, I think that that is a major mechanism. Uh, in another section of the essay, I might explore why critical thinking uh, or sort of problems with critical thinking on your own, uh, uh, what I mean by that is how it might be a problem if someone were to sort of figure out how to critically think to their own advantage uh, while growing up, not being guided by uh, academics or philosophers or whatever else, but perhaps someone who uh, learns how to debate uh, to win, basically. I think stuff like that happens and that people can kind of dig themselves into holes if they aren't taught thoroughly about critical thinking and biases and all of that. They might be good at rejecting some status quo idea of their own culture, but then just dig themselves into a pit of bad ideas, basically. And um, another thing that I could get into, I'm not sure if this, this one might belong in its own essay, uh, but it's also not long enough to be an essay. Uh, let me see if I could find it. It is the idea that internal consistency of a belief framework might actually uh, be something that we shouldn't necessarily seek out. Like, we should, but something that may go wrong with seeking... Uh, or seeking to kind of uh, subscribe to one's own internally consistent belief system is that you can have, you can essentially reject things that contradict your belief system. And I think that that includes things that are uh, more true 
that don't align with what you already believe in. Um, so I think while internal consistency is important, like one shouldn't hold a solid belief in some sort of contradictory system, I think it's also important to possibly approach it by entertaining various contradictory uncertainties until there's enough information to become a believer. Although, I don't really think we should become believers of much. Subscribing to beliefs, it kind of, um, I don't know, it drives people really to just reject whatever else is out there, and I think that humans are not so brilliant that they have much capacity to know much about reality at all. I mean, I think people might be somewhat close when it comes to maybe physics, maybe biology, maybe chemistry, but really even then I think it just seems like we know a lot of things because of how much utility that we've gotten from those things. Um, once we start thinking about other people, I think we know very little. Like we, I think we apply these filters of understanding how people work, and I think we even manifest uh, a lot of the kind of archetypes of human behavior based on being taught that those are the archetypes of human behavior and also by rewarding different archetypes and behaviors and all of this. I think that in truth, I think that we are more flexible and capable of vastly different things than what what human nature looks like right now. I think that we're just confined by believing in some sort of uh, psychological understanding of people and how they work. Like say, let's say everything that we've come to with psychology and um, especially mental health. Uh, when we look at mental health, we've kind of created this framework, and I think that some, be some people are happening upon uh, some of these symptom manifestations based on sort of memes that exist around those things. For example, there will be memes about depression that apply specifically in our culture. Um, and, I mean, it gets really complicated. Like, like people will identify with de depression as a kind of archetype itself, like a personality in a sense. Um, 
that's not to say that they don't truly suffer. Uh, but suffering doesn't necessarily manifest in any particular way. Like, someone could be suffering and they're answer is to go murder a bunch of people whereas another person might be suffering and then post on social media a picture of themselves laying in the bed depressed in the dark or something like that and those even both of those are like social expressions of their pain even the person that shoots at their school may be crying for help, in a sense, or seeking to punish others, or various other motives. But a lot of, I would say that inevitably the motives of someone doing a school shooting will be socialized, though. Because it is an interaction with other people, so I think that the ultimate goal of it is essentially the expression of their pain. Or, well, yeah. So, I think that there could be a lot of alternate universes where mental illnesses would not manifest the same. Uh, and I think uh, talking about schizophrenia in this lens, I don't think I'm ready to do that at this point. Uh, that's a very, very complicated one. Um, and it more applies to, uh, I mean, it gets really, really tricky. I'm not gonna even do that. But I do think that as you might have, well, well, I guess the majority of the initial part of this uh, podcast was kind of getting into some of that, um, but there's definitely more that I'll get into at a different point. So I hope you found this interesting. Uh, I'm going to head to sleep now, and um, yeah, if you have ideas, uh, Bring them to me. And, uh, have a nice day. I'll leave you guys with this song that I created a little while ago. Um, it's a little bit spooky. Um, it's kind of inspired by this game called Little Nightmares 2. Yeah, so it's pretty experimental. Hope you enjoy it.